This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Friday, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, October 23rd, wherever and however you are connected Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who has all of the answers to the Lavelle Edwards Stadium safety protocols, Jerem Jordan. As do you. So a couple days ago, we shot some protocol videos uh, that were compiled, and then it uh, went out on social media, BYU football, if you're going to the game. Uh, I think you're supposed to watch that, right? So in this, in this video, um, we have a situation here where you have Dax Milne-like hands. I mean, really impressive catch. In fact, let's roll the tape. Because uh, it's tape? No, this is 2020. Let's roll the digital video. You're talking. Boom! You just catch the water <laughs> bottle. No look. So I, I'm wow. really impressed by your hands here. Well, thank you. But who was throwing the dime from a couple of yards away? Well, that would be me. Uh-huh. Your, your partner in crime here. So does that make me Zach Wilson? It was like our version of a trust fall. A trust throw. A trust throw. Yeah, I could have thrown it at your face. I didn't think about that. So we actually, for the first time in, in show history, actually have stats for us. So one for one for about one yard. Give it two. I'm gonna. I'm, oh, we're giving I'm it two. Push two yards. Yeah, that well, was like a yard and a offici- half. Officially, it's one. Okay. It's kind of like your uh, forty time. You thought it was one thing, but it was another. <laughs> but uh, the pass efficiency rating of one oh eight, which is kind of low. The one yard is the issue. So I'd rather you complete the pass than not. That's true. We're more of the well. Zach is Zach Wilson's both completion percentage and yes. efficiency yes. and. Stretch the field, right? So we got to work on that. But we're like Zach, just crazy efficient, completion rates high, and uh, great hands, dude. Thank you. I wanted to feel like Dax Milne for even a moment in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Did you? No. Okay. (laughs) I wanted to, but I didn't. Yeah. uh, No. Dax, one of my favorite uh, Bingham guys, you know? I was a Caprios guy. It's hard for me to embrace the Bingham guys. But you know what? Dax is awesome. Yoli Childs is awesome. There's been a lot of good Bingham. I'm coming around. I'm coming around. Granted, Dax has made most of his plays this season with no fans in the stands. So he probably felt True. a little bit like I was feeling like, oh, yeah. There's nobody Listen, here. there's four people in this room. We're used to performing <laughs> in front of a small crowd. I love the one snicker. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that joke landed. Maybe that comment landed. Oh, you're referring to them. Sorry. That's not how you guys laugh. I just want you to know that. Here's your Friday show lineup, <laughs> including what the ideal weekend would look like for BYU. Beyond a win... There are several games that can help BYU's national ranking and status. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, joins us live with the most telling 2020 BYU football stat. Plus, the BYU versus Texas State game notes to help make you really smart, including something that makes Jeremy and I feel really old. Mm-hmm. And prop picks getting aggressive. A loaded Friday show. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Game day eve, number 12, BYU. That's still fun to say. Number 12, BYU. Host Texas State tomorrow in Provo in front of 6,000 fans. Cougar pregame live starts at 8.15 Eastern on BYU Radio with Jason Shepard, we're told. And BYU TV's countdown to kickoff starts at 9 Eastern. It is the first meeting between the two schools. And BYU has a six-game home win streak with ties the longest in the Satake era. So they could... Have the number one streak if they went. That little nugget, uh, one of several outstanding stats that will be presented on the show today. On to Cougs in the NFL. And this is a long headline. I couldn't be happier about it because there are so many Cougs in the NFL, Jerem. 
The Gridiron Swiss Army Knife, Taysom Hill and the Saints visit the Carolina Panthers. Jamal Williams and the Green Bay Packers dancing into Houston to take on the Texans. How about Dirty Dan after his one-handed interception? What does he have for an encore when his defending world champion Chiefs faced rival Broncos in Denver? We're not done yet. The Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego and Michael Davis host the Jacksonville Jaguars. Fred Warner and the 49ers in Foxborough to take on Cam Newton and the Patriots. Can we have a Fred Warner-Cam Newton tackle this weekend? Okay. I you, hope so. You know it. Sione Takitaki and the Cleveland Browns in Cincinnati to take on Joe Burrow and my Bengals. And Harvey Longy and the New York Jets get Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. TBS College Basketball Insider John Rothstein reports Rick Pitino and the Iona Gales plan to start a home-and-home, home, or what I actually call a home-and-road, uh, series with Brigham next season, including a game at some point in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, baby! And if you watched the bra- uh, broadcast of practice last week, you heard Rick say as much to us. I would love to play. I would love to come to BYU, get BYU back in Madison Square Garden. I wouldn't want to bring him to Iona. We only have a 3,100-seat arena, although it's very nice. But I'd love to get Mark back there. There's nothing in life I wouldn't do for Mark Pope. Well, there you go. It starts with a couple of games. Uh, Rick, by the way, BYU's used to playing in 3,100-seat gym, uh, gym, so that wouldn't be a problem. But MSG is legit. I've seen a game That'll in Madison do. Square Garden a couple years ago. Uh, it was a Knicks playoff game against the Pacers. It was one of the highlights of my sports life, just being able to be there. It's a very special playoff game at MSG. It's pretty cool. And the Knicks were in the playoffs. Crazy, right? <laughs> that must have been that a was, long time ago. Someone was, a, a dude in the stands goes, where are you from, Utah? He goes, oh, so you're going for the Pacers? I go, no. He goes, well, isn't it nearby? No. <laughs> Sorry, man. Indiana's only like, what, 1,500 miles away from the Wasatch Front in Utah? You're from Buffalo. That's by New York City, right? BYU Women's Golf tees it up at the Karsten Creek Golf Club in Oklahoma for day two of the Cowgirl Classic. BYU seventh currently and has two golfers in the top 20. Through eight holes of the final round, Alicia May Mateo is tied for eight, six over par, and Kirsten Fotu, 17, 17th rather, at 12 over par. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. So are we. BYU football has encountered a similar situation to what they will see on Saturday. Heavy favorite against a not well-known team hailing from the state of Texas. BYU is a almost four-touchdown favorite against the Bobcats, Jerem. What does BYU need to do against Texas State to maintain, and more importantly, increase their national ranking and status? Well, first off, uh, it's what you can control and what you cannot. What you can control is winning. Winning is the number one thing. BYU wins, great, awesome. I do think they need to win convincingly. Because Texas State's 1-5, this is a game that you need to win convincingly. What does that mean? BYU wins 20-3. to Do they score enough points? Was the margin going to... All this stuff matters to pollsters. It really does. To BYU, all that matters is winning. But we're, we're talking about to increase the ranking. If BYU wants to jump in the top 10 by the time they get to Boise State, I think they just need to win. But it's a little more than that. The line is 28 and a half at the mm-hmm. moment in most places. I think that BYU probably needs to win by 24. Now, keep in mind that Texas State has played close games. They played SMU close. Seven points. In fact, yeah, let's bust it out here. Boston College. Oh, a field goal. Yep, so uh, seven points to SMU. Uh, lost by three to UTSA and double OT. Three, as you mentioned, to Boston College. Did lose by 20 to uh, Troy. So um, all the, the, of the five losses, four of the five have been by 10 or fewer. 
So they play, and they played SMU, who's what sixteenth right now, mm-hmm. and played them tight in the first game. So it feels like uh, a big line against a team from Texas at home. BYU was favored by what, like thirty four against UTSA, and yes. won by seven. Thirty plus against UTSA. So this feels similar. I don't. And Texas State played UTSA close. So I, listen to get into the top ten. That's BYU's end of this. The other end is that. Teams need to lose in front of BYU. Also, teams behind BYU can't have a convincing or quality win that would make them perhaps jump BYU. So the only thing BYU can really control here is win the game, play well, and look good. What does that mean? That's for you to decide. But to me, that would probably mean win by 24-plus. I'm not going to be bummed if BYU wins the game by 20. I'm just not. <laughs> it's, Don't. It seems so, If BYU wins by 14 and it's like... 30, you know, 35, 21 or whatever. What if it's a garbage touchdown late? Yeah, too? I don't know. That happens. In college, seconds and thirds in. Here's what is so shallow and fickle about a game like this for BYU from somebody that's watching on the East Coast or doesn't watch on the East Coast because, I don't know, they want to sleep and they wake up the next morning and they're yeah. checking the top 25 scores. There are a couple of things that need to happen for that person specifically. One, BYU needs to score 40-plus. Oh, yeah, the offense, going. offense going. still rolling in Provo. Yep. And BYU's defense needs to give up under 20 points. So if BYU wins 40-17 to 17 or 42-19 to 19 or whatever, and it's some weird yeah. – it doesn't matter. They go for – oh, BYU's – their offense is rolling. Texas State, they didn't score more than 20. Yeah, status quo. BYU's still really good. Those are the two things that need to happen for the guys that aren't really going to watch the game that wake up early in the morning. And t- I'm telling you, there are more – of those than you think. Oh, no, for sure. Like, when when the Pilgrims came over here, they established that they didn't know this at the time, but when they show up at Plymouth and in Virginia earlier than that, you know what's going to happen? The majority of the population will live on that side, and then people will roll out to the west. 50% of the population lives in the eastern time zone. 50%. So the a lot of the pollsters, the East Coast bias, blah blah. I dare say that's they are, why we say Eastern Time on this network. Yes, that's in Utah yes. because we cater nationally. I dare say there are more voters in the East than there are in the West, and it's yes. not close. And that comment was specifically for Patrick Kinahan. <laughs> Topic two: Phil Steele posted what he calls "strength of wins," which is a metric used to assess strength of schedule. He says. You get the wins of the FBS teams you beat in this metric. Mm-hmm. Pierce number one nationally with 10. Ooh. Two ahead of number one and number two ranked Clemson and Alabama. So is BYU's schedule better than people think? Yes, but the optics will remain the same regardless. Yeah. BYU's schedule has panned out to be better than certainly we thought. And when you really take a deep dive into it, it's like, oh, yeah, well, the teams that BYU's beaten have been okay. You know, they're doing okay at the middle of the pack. But we all thought, we all looked at this and thought, oh, man, Troy, Louisiana Tech, UTSA, well, the, State, Western Kentucky. Navy man. won 11 last year. We expect them to be decent, right? Troy last year struggled but had won 10 plus three of the last four. Louisiana Tech won 10 last year. So we thought, like, okay, maybe these will be decent teams. These are right? some formidable teams. UTSA middle, is, eh, whatever. Middle of the pack FBS teams for the most part. Right. And that's better than what people think when they just look at the name of the school. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's better than what people think, but 
it would help if BYU can uh, beat Boise State on the road to yes. really give people a signature victory to yes. join the one that BYU just put together against Houston. Well, and Navy. I would say that's yeah. th- that, like, that domination was significant. Well, and Navy plays Houston this weekend. We'll get to this in just a moment. The Rootables. There, there are yeah. some weird things at play. Okay, I, I say yes and no, like you're saying. It doesn't, BYU's schedule doesn't have any P5s. And BYU's not likely to play a ranked team at the time or even at the end of the year. I'm saying before a bowl game, right? Hopefully Boise State does one or both of those. But yeah, BYU needs uh, teams generally to play well, but they specifically need Navy, Houston, Boise State, and San Diego State to have quality seasons. Otherwise, it's like, well, how many good wins does BYU have? We're hoping that BYU says they have four good wins at the end of the year. And by good, I mean, hey, they were competitive in their leagues. Perhaps they're, not, perhaps they're knocking on the door of the top 25, but it's got to be those four. Navy, Houston, Boise State, San Diego State. TBD on San Diego State. Boise State, I'm hoping, runs the table minus BYU. Yeah. Like, last year, that's what Boise State did in the regular season. They only lost to Brigham, which, and then they lost the bowl game. But because they lost to BYU when they did, Memphis took advantage of beating Cincinnati in the AAC title game and was the New Year's Six team and ended up losing to Penn State in the Cotton Bowl. Like, BYU cost Boise State a bunch of money. Boise State could return the favor to BYU, though. Mm-hmm. Do not underestimate mm-hmm. that storyline going in to Boise November 6th. Don't put it past Brian Harson to bring that up, too, with his team specifically, not so much in the national media, but with his athletic department, they know. BYU should roll out Baylor-Romney in the coin toss on that day. They should. (laughs) Okay, all of this rhetoric of BYU needing teams to perform and do well to help the strength of schedule leads us into topic three. Who should BYU fans, players, coaches, administration, anybody that wants BYU to do well, be rooting for this weekend, a.k.a. the Rootables? Jerem, if you had, to, and there are a number of games that can go in BYU's favor, but if you had to pick one, what's the one team that you are giving your full support to besides BYU? Utah's not playing, right? Utah's not oh, playing. Okay. Um, I, I say uh, root for Southern Methodist to beat, who's ranked 16th, to beat Cincinnati. Okay, and this Here's, is at SMU. This is at SMU. SMU fight song. Go Mustangs! Let's go, baby! Eric Dickerson. Hey, Woo! hey, pay him again! Craig James. Woo! Pay them again. Let's go. Uh, I say SMU because although BYU is not in a group of five situation for the auto bid, the idea is out there that they are, right? The best non-power five. If Cincy loses, BYU is the best non-power five in everybody's eyes, in my opinion. So that's why I want that. Okay. I can get on board with that. SMU over Cincinnati in Texas. Again, the Mustangs only beat Texas State by seven. <laughs> Transitive but, but properties. They, but they beat Memphis last week. Correct. Yep, which was a big win. This is Cincinnati's Sorry, two weeks ago. first real test. Yep. I and mean, they played Army. Army's not what Army's we thought they were. Again, yeah. don't, okay. don't reschedule that time. All right. Okay. The team I am rooting for most besides BYU, Iowa State, Jerem, 17th ranked team in the country, against Oklahoma State. Go Cyclones. Here's why. If Iowa State beats Oklahoma State, the Big 12 is done in the college football playoff scenario. Okay. Okay. What are you inferring? I just put – we talked with Bill Connolly yesterday. It would take a mighty miracle of things happening in the right sequence for BYU to be in that conversation, right? So I'm going to root for it. Also, Oklahoma State's ranked higher than BYU, number six. That's – the reason I want them to lose the most is because yeah. it gives BYU another opportunity to jump up 
a spot in the rankings. So if Cincinnati and Iowa State lose, yep. sorry, that'd Oklahoma be, State lose, that'd be two there are top two 10. spots right there. Yeah, I think Notre Dame might lose tomorrow. To, to Pitt. Pittsburgh. To Pitt. Pittsburgh yeah. probably yeah. is going to have their starting quarterback back. That will help, and that game is at Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah, Notre Dame didn't show well last week. 12-7 win over Louisville, right? Yeah, I know people are like, hey, what about Nebraska and Ohio State? That's probably not going to happen. Uh, you can root for Nebraska. Probably Ohio not going to happen. awesome, man. And uh-huh. good luck to Virginia against number 11, Miami. Bronco could help you. Broncos boys, yeah. help them out, baby. Okay, uh, our question of the day. What does BYU need to do against Texas State, specifically, to maintain or increase their AP ranking? At number 12 right now. Let's hear responses from you, BYUSN, in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Brian Buss answers on Twitter. I'm going with at Jerem Jordan times two. BYU needs to win by 34 plus. Whoa! BYU cannot have a UTSA performance following up on the Houston performance. BYU needs to go out there and lay the wood. Against Texas State. <laughs> hey, Uncle Uncle Dan. Leave no doubt in the voters' mind. I think they'll okay. leave no doubt if they go 40-plus and just give yeah. up under 20. Yeah. The, yeah, Texas State, best one in five team in the country. <laughs> Coming up, how many points per game is Zach Wilson worth to the Cougars? ESPN defines that. And the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, joins us. What's the most telling stat of all in the 2020 BYU football season thus far? <laughs> Hi, Greg. Nice glasses, bro. This is BYU Sports Nation. The new blue goggles? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join the 6,000 fans in the Lavelle Edwards Stadium Saturday night. Countdown to kickoff. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Spencer Linton. Show you live warm-ups. Give you access to the field. Starts at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. We are live on a Friday in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom is the very fashionable and very stylish and cool Greg Rebell, voice of the Cougars. Greg, great to have you back on the show. Good to be with you again, boys. Good morning. Where'd the glasses go? Uh, purely a function of technology. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, how would you define the 2020 BYU football season thus far? As, as good as could be hoped in, in almost every way. Uh, there was one game that BYU didn't get to play, and, and that's really uh, you know, the, only, the only hiccup in an otherwise you know, feeling like a perfect season so far. Now there have been some personnel uh, hurdles to overcome, uh, injuries and other absences, but BYU's withstood them. Uh, very admirably, very heartily, and uh, you know things are looking like uh, they haven't in a long, long time. Imagine getting to November and being part of the national college football conversation, which is exactly what BYU is looking at if they take care of business uh, with a couple of home games here in, in the next two weeks. Uh, it's been a long, long time since that's been the situation. BYU's only gone six and zero, you know, four or five other times in program history, so this is new ground for sure. We've been talking about, okay, if BYU wins out, right, are they in great position for a New Year's Six potentially? If the Cougars happen to do that, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like BYU would be in position to get an invite? Yeah, I, I think that's, that, that, that is the case. At 10 or no, they, they, they would be. Um, a lot of people still consider, and you've talked about it already this morning on the program, a lot of people still consider BYU to be a G5 with respect to the best of the G5s. Well, they can't be that. They have to be beyond that. Uh, the P5s to get taken care of. The G5 champ gets taken care of. And then it's BYU hoping to be one of the next best number of teams that fill the at-large pool 
for, for the other bowl games that are played around the New Year's Six. And I, I think if BYU were to maintain its current posture, um, they would have to be one of those teams. The conversation would be such that they've, they've earned it on the field. There are just enough named teams on the schedule to give, uh, you know, to give respect. You've got a hallmark player as part of a national conversation. All these things would really uh, weigh in BYU's favor. Um, the, the fact, you know, there's currently no P5s on the schedule will get brought up a lot. But it's really, you know, not through BYU's fault. Everything faded away from the schedule. Everything went away. And when the Cougars redrew the schedule, uh, there were no P5s to be found. Uh, BYU would certainly have played some had they been available to play, and they weren't. So I, I think BYU's done the very best it's could, uh, best it could, considering the situation, and people will respect that fact. Now it's just about going out and, and winning every game. And again, not to, you know, disrespect or, or, or look over the next two games BYU has uh, before they head to Boise, but the entire season is November 6th. Uh, everything is November 6th right now, yeah. um, for, whether it's fair or not. And we don't know what Boise will look like uh, through two games because they'll play just the two games, Utah State and Air Force. It's all centered on that night. And that becomes the biggest night in Cougar football in decades. Greg Rubel with us on BYU Sports Nation. And that's what you just said is quite the statement, right? And, and I put out yesterday, I, if BYU runs the table, this is the best season since 96. And 01, had they kind of finished that year, that would have been the year. But elaborate on that point, Greg, um, that well, BYU is aiming for something really, really special in program history right now. Yeah, e- even the 12-0 and start in 2001 didn't even have quite the same vibe that even 6 or 7 or 8 no might have in, in 2020 because the situation was different. The setup was different. The postseason uh, qualifications were different. The conversation was different. And, and so, th- you know, th- th- there is more on the line in every game BYU plays this year than has been on the line in, in decades. One could argue even more than was on the line in 2001 when BYU got to 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12 and 0. Because even before they headed to Hawaii for the game they lost um, without Luke Staley, um, they already knew they weren't in the running for the biggest prizes. They were already told they were not going to be eligible um, you know, for those games. So that's different. This year, BYU kind of senses that if they just keep winning games and take care of business, they can get the big prize in the New Year's Six. That's a major difference. And so I think the stakes are the, the stakes are, are greater and larger. The pressure is greater than it's been um, in, in recent memory, for sure. Amen. Totally fair. Yeah. Totally fair. This brings up another uh, interesting tangent in the conversation, and that is, does BYU need to schedule somebody else now? Or have they done enough? Does there remain enough on the schedule that just play 10 games, call it good, doesn't matter that there's a three-week break scheduled right now between November 21st and December 12th? Where do you stand on the conversation of, does BYU need to add an 11th game? Well, no one's expecting BYU to go out and play more games. No one's saying you've got to do it to gain additional measures of respect. BYU is sitting at double-digit games right now. I think most teams would be happy to get to 10 and say they played 10 this year. That's where BYU's at. They've played the games that they were able to schedule. The P5s weren't available to schedule. If a P5 were to suddenly find itself with an unexpected opening and, and both teams felt it was a good game to play, well, let's cross that bridge when we come to it. But that's entirely impossible to predict. And even then, the logistics of such a cancellation and reschedule on short notice um, you know, are dubious prospects at best. So let's just say you stay where you are. And let's understand that there probably are conversations, whether it's with P5 or others, about open dates, there probably are conversations still being held. And if they happen, they happen, and they might even need benefit 
BYU in, in the end. But sitting at 10 is not a bad place to be. And yes, it would be kind of a funky feel um, if you were to, let's say, get past Boise State with your record still intact, undefeated, to have only two games scheduled over the next what, month, essentially. Wouldn't that be the case? Five weeks, um, yeah. Yeah. So it'd be a weird time because everyone else would be kind of ramping up and you'd be slowing down and ramping down and hoping that you, you, that you retain um, your, your platform and your cachet and your visibility. You'd have only an FCS game and then a game in mid-December to come. So it'd be kind of a weird time that way to keep the ball rolling. So uh, maybe a date gets filled, but I don't know that it's imperative. I don't know that it's essential or that anybody's saying you've got to do it to prove that you're you know, worthy of consideration here. Um, they have a few named teams on the schedule. You know who they are. And if they can beat those teams, I think there'll be enough meat on the bone for people to say, you know, that that's a worthy team. And it's not just the names. It's how you're playing when you play them. And if BYU State keeps rolling up, you know, the 40s and 50s and winning comfortably, people will have seen enough, I think. Yeah, the how is more important than the who right now. And the who next up is Texas State. So one in five, uh, you could look at just that and think, oh, this team stinks. But Bobcats have played SMU tough and Boston College tough and UTSA tough. So what do you think of the Bobcats and the challenge they bring to BYU? Okay, they, they've never beaten a ranked team in their history. Um, and, and so, you know, something they haven't done is what they're trying to get done. But this season, uh, what they've done is, is hang around. Uh, yeah, I mean, SMU's now ranked. No, that, that was a one-score game. Uh, P5 team on the road, Boston College, that was a three-point game. Uh, we already know how well UTSA played BYU. That was a double overtime game. They hang around with everybody. There's really only been one game in which they found themselves kind of out of it um, in, in the middle of the game, and that was really the Troy game. It was played in a downpour. It was weird. They were down 20 most of the second half. In every other game, they're right there, either mid-third mid quarter or in the fourth quarter in a one-score game. So, you know, we joke about, you know, best one in five team, uh, but, but they're, they're, they're not a bad one in five team is the thing. They've been hanging around with everybody um, and beaten and, 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 and played well with good teams. So, you know, that's, that's there as a cautionary tale. The UTSA game itself, if you want to talk point spreads, I mean, BYU's favored by more than four touchdowns tomorrow. Well, BYU's favored by almost five touchdowns against UTSA, and we saw how that turned out. It's tough to cover when you're favored by four touchdowns plus. Uh, even if you are playing a one in five team. So BYU will have to be very, very good to get to those kinds of numbers. UTSA, uh, not a lot there. Very balanced, almost a, almost a 50-50 split in terms of play calls, run pass. Uh, no one really jumps off the page at you individually with stats. A bunch of guys do a bunch of things. Um, they, they do struggle to protect the quarterback and keep people out of the backfield. And that could be a big thing tomorrow. BYU could have a day where they, where they really do have some habit going for them and get some disruption going. Uh, they're not overly big, and they let a lot of people in. And so that's been a struggle for these guys. But balanced and very, I'm not saying vanilla, but you're going to see three and four wide all day, uh, single back, single tight most of the time, um, and just kind of, uh, you know, RPO, zone reads, occasional pops over the middle, just decent football, not good enough to be more than one in five right now, but again, hanging around with a lot of people. We're speaking with Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars. Greg, what's the most impressive stat that BYU has produced to this point of the season? Because there are so many good things out there. I, I really, I mean, this may sound just too elemental, but the, the yards and the points are going hand in hand on both offense and defense. Um, if you can gain yards and produce points at the end of it, um, and then prevent yardage and points on the other side, that's always going to be winning football. And BYU and Clemson are those two rare teams right now 
that that gain the yards and score the points at a top 10 level and prevent yards and prevent points at a top 10 level. If both those things are happening at the same time and you've got a punter who can boom it and you've got a kicker who hasn't missed a placement kick yet, uh, you're playing truly complimentary football. And that's been the picture for BYU at this point. And you could, you know, isolate other things, whether it's, you know, red zone touchdown percentage or explosives, the, the number of chunk plays BYU is getting, uh, or just the fact that, yeah, no one completes passes at a better rate than BYU. All these things are a part of it, but it's all going to be about that goal line. Can you get across it? Can you keep the other team from crossing it? And can you do things between those goal lines to, uh, uh, you know, pile up yards and keep the other team off the field to gain theirs? And that's been BYU football through five games. Before we go, can we see the glasses again? Oh, sure. Let's do that. Yeah, we, we need the digital shades. Throw some digital <laughs> shades. <we go. laughs> that's BYU that's 5 deal, and 0 right now. That's our deal with it moment right yes, there. Yes, <laughs> deal with it. BYU's 12. Great, great to talk to you, man. Thanks for uh, the information right, and the lap at the end. <laughs> yeah, all right. See ya. Greg Rubel on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show out. Apparently that's in Zoom. I don't know how to do that. i got to learn. i got to hit up the, the office later. Okay, coming up, game notes for Texas State and how you uh, add glasses in Zoom. We'll uh, figure it out. Plus, is merely having the star Zach Wilson on your team worth an extra eight and a half points to your team? How do you get a half? This is BYU Sports Nation. How do you get half a point? This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Join ESPNU Radio's virtual pep rally for BYU versus Western Kentucky, hosted by Nicole Auerbach and Ben Hartsock via Zoom on October 29th at 7 Eastern. In honor of ESPNU Radio's mascot bracket, which saw BYU and Western Kentucky mascots advance to the finals earlier in this year, Cosmo from BYU, Big Red from Western Kentucky, will be joining special guests during this Halloween-themed virtual pep rally. For more information and to register to join the event, visit SiriusXM.com slash pep rally. Must be a U.S. resident at least 18 years of age to participate. Well, that uh, doesn't eliminate me. So It sounds fun. All right. Here's Jeremiah Spencer, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it! The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problem. ESPN stats guy Paul Saban, BYU alum, has Zach Wilson as the second highest ranked player in his college football real plus minus at eight and a half points per game. Do you agree that Zach Wilson is worth eight and a half points per game? If Paul Saban says it and he's our stats guru and he's a BYU alum, then absolutely I agree that Zach Wilson is worth eight and a half points per game. Honestly, Jeremy, it feels like Zach Wilson is worth a little bit more than that to BYU. We all know that in college football, especially football in general, if you have a great quarterback, you typically have a great offense. And Zach Wilson is at the head of that. Yeah, he's worth eight and a half points. Zach Wilson to me is the difference. A healthy Zach Wilson is the difference in BYU taking the step from seven and six over the past two seasons to where the Cougars are now. Yeah, it feels like he should be worth more. That is all. All right. Speaking of Zach Wilson, former BYU cornerback and host on ESPN 960 in Utah County, Ben Criddle tweeted the following yesterday, quote, because I've been asked about it the last two days, Zach Wilson has been seen around campus sporting a boot on his foot. According to my sources, he suffered a minor injury. Boot was precautionary. It wasn't serious enough to come out of the Houston game, and he practiced fully yesterday. End quote. Does a booted up Zach Wilson 
make you concerned at all? Yes. It's not a big concern, but it is a concern. During the Houston game, I tweeted, it looked like Zach Wilson hurt his foot or something happened when he got a gator rolled when he dove for the end zone and he was short. His plant foot looked a little bit off. This probably confirms that idea, right? This report. No one fully healthy walks around in a booth. So obviously there's at least a minor issue there. Hopefully he's okay. If he plays and he's not wearing a boot on Saturday... And he looks, I would think he won't play in a boot. He looks normal in the first uh, series of the game. N- no concern. So my concern is up and until I see Zach Wilson in the first series of the game. If something looks off, then yeah. But if he's okay two plays in, worry over. Yeah, well, I, I have a little bit of concern because there's still five games to play. And again, no one healthy walks around in a boot. But a lot of My foot's perfectly wear, fine, but I'm wearing a boot. You see a lot of athletes wearing them. And sometimes those injuries are... T- Minor, minor. Sure. So, so I have equally minor okay. concern. Okay. Yeah, but it is concerning. Fair enough. Let's talk some hoops, shall we? In men's basketball media availability yesterday, junior big man Kobe Lee said BYU's post players are really good. I'm excited to play Gonzaga this year just because normally they have three, four bigs that are really good. And this year, I think ours are better. So it's just going to be when we sub, there's no letdown. Okay. Uh, do you agree with that statement? I, oh man, (laughs) I like Colby's confidence. I'll tell you that. And that is breeding ground from hanging around Mark Pope, right? That attitude, that belief, that confidence. I I don't know. I I think they're similar, Jerem. BYU is bigger than Gonzaga. I think they're close. I think the front courts for both teams is close in talent level. Yes. Kelly and Tilly is gone. Petrusev is, is gone. BYU might be better, right? Right? We have to see what Gonzaga brings. Obviously, number one team in the country. They're incredible. Timmy's it, a good player. Absolutely. He'll be the starting out for right. five. I think that will be a fun matchup to watch because guess what? BYU's bigs hung with and outplayed BYU in Provo. Specifically, Yoli Childs. Yes. But Yoli ain't here. So, yeah, let's there's, go, There's baby. that too, right? Yep. Yep. Coming up, prop picks, Texas State edition. Plus, Jerem goes one-on-one with BYU offensive lineman Chandon Herring. And the Texas State game notes you need to know to impress your football friends. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Cougar pregame live gets things started Saturday night, 8 15 Eastern, with Jason Shepard and some other cool dudes like Riley Nelson, Mr. Jurgensen, and Gregor Bell, head of number 12 BYU and Texas State on BYU Radio and the app. Is that Jason way back there in the stands on the wall? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation at Studio B. Chandon Herring has started every game, either at right tackle or guard. So what does he prefer? Is he related to Eli Herring, who used to play for BYU, chose not to play in the NFL, not play on Sundays? And what has Eric Mateos told the offensive line about his experience at Texas State? Here's my conversation with Chandon Herring on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Okay, Chandon, I've never had the privilege of uh, speaking with you, so let's get to know each other a little better. I, I know random stats about you, like you're six seven three ten. so I want to ask you, when you were little, were you big? Yes. Yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> when did you realize, oh, I maybe have a shot to uh, be an offensive lineman or play sports in college? Uh, my freshman year of high school, when I came up to a camp, it was the Bronco Mendenhall staff at the time. Um, but I came, I was on the freshman, sophomore side, and after the first practice, I was just over with the juniors and seniors the rest of the camp. It was a good time. When did uh, when did you realize BYU was the spot for you? 
Um, when I was uh, just talking to the players that were here and the coaching staff, there's a lot of people that shared similar values. They have similar goals in life. Uh, they play a great schedule. And it, it was something that I, it was a challenge I wanted. Now you're playing uh, on the team this year, and, and you've been a versatile dude. So obviously Tristan Hodge has been out for a couple weeks. You slid from right tackle to guard. Was that a, a familiar position for you? And what's that transition been like? It's been great. Uh, last year, I was at left guard and right guard for the season and then had been bumped out to tackle over the off season this last year. And so I, I've played there before and our coaching staff does a great job at mixing things up. So you're familiar with all the responsibilities at the varying positions. So jumping down to it was a seamless transition. What is it like to try and block Kyrus Toma? It's an adventure every single time. He, uh, <laughs> he's he's so incredibly strong like you push as hard as you can to move him and as soon as he feels that he can just throw you by because you're all your all your force is going forward but if you don't push as hard as you can he's not going anywhere and so it's uh it's an interesting little endeavor every single time but you get better at it as you go we're talking with Chandon Herring, a senior offensive lineman, playing right guard, playing right tackle. This offensive line's been pretty good this year. It's, it's felt like, it felt like you guys have done a really nice job. What's, what have been some of the highlights in your mind of what you guys have done well? Uh, highlights in my mind um, are just the little things I see in practice and in the meeting room. Guys' attention to detail, guys' competition with themselves and with the other guys. They want to be better. Everybody is driven. Every time I walk by the weight room, there's somebody in there guys are getting extra work and so just the pride of everybody doing the little things that's that's been the biggest highlight seeing that everybody's really bought in and it pays off when we're able to keep working together okay tell me a little bit about texas state uh and and what you see what what uh, sticks out and of course your offensive line coach eric mateos was there 2017 through 18 so he, he knows about the bobcats yeah he did uh that's been great to get a little bit of scoop some of the d linemen he had his o linemen when he was coaching there and so he can tell us a little bit about them and things to kind of uh, upset them. And it's, it's great. It's going to be a great opportunity. They, are, they're, they have a good front. They have some pretty stout dudes. They do a couple different little things. They are good in the box. So we're excited for the challenge and the opportunity. So he's giving you trash talk items? Is that what you're saying? No, no. He tells us uh, things that will remain in the O-line room. <laughs> Very nice. The secrets. The secrets. Yes, yeah. the secrets. Uh, what's it going to be like to play to play in front of fans at home for the first time? I'm really excited. Uh, playing at Houston and having some fans there, my parents were able to travel to. It was great. Uh, I love having the noise and being able to see people, um, and then having it at home. We've had the four games at home, well, three games at home, and not having people there when you're running out is kind of different. But when you're playing it, you're playing and you're having a good time with your friends. But it's I'm looking forward to having my family there and the people that I'm playing for there. Well, it should be fun. 6,000 plus. The band will be there. It's going to be weird, but it's going to be awesome. So, Shannon, we appreciate the time, and uh, good luck Saturday. Awesome. Thank you. Shannon Herring on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. That's a big dude. 6'7". Yeah, after the first practice, uh, when I was with the freshmen and sophomores at BYU's camp, um, they they moved me up to the juniors. (laughs) (laughs) And he's been quietly awesome. Like, you don't notice him or watch it. He's not getting holding He's uh, calls. He's not getting false starts. He's been really, really good. That's why he was brought up as a potential BYU off-the-radar draft pick yeah. earlier this week. He's got a shot for a couple of guys this end next year. Jeez. Man, there were five names that we were actively discussing that 
are in the opinions of one draft expert yeah. draft eligible oh, this that's year. That's fantastic. Is it does it correlate to what happens on the field, Jerem? Yes. Yes. Yes, it does. Let's move to our game note special for Texas State and BYU, presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. We talked about it a moment ago. Number one, BYU's offense has been very good this year. It starts with a good O-line. Position coach Eric Mateos was at Texas State 2017 through 18, so he knows the Bobcats. He knows San Marcos and the home of Ty Detmer, right? Ty Detmer's birthplace. We learned that uh, yesterday. How about this? Texas State features the number one punt return team in all the land and punt returner, for that matter. 22.57 yards per punt return. One return for a touchdown. His name is Jeremiah Hato. Okay. Very dangerous return man. He also leads the Bobcats in receptions, receiving yards, and overall scoring. Interesting. Volume's so low on punt returns. Did you know BYU has seven for three yards? They just don't return them And they've got seven for 158 yards. There you go. Number three, Texas State's 1-5, but as we mentioned, played one-score games with 5-0 and and 16th-ranked SMU. Lost to double OT in a crazy game to UTSA. Lost by three to Boston College. Did lose by 20 to Troy, but best 1-5 team in the country. They, they might, play people they tough. Might be. <laughs> they, they might be if there's such thing as a best team. How many 1-5 teams are there? Who's played six? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how, how many are How many 1-5 teams are there? Like four? <laughs> I don't know. Texas State's designated rival is UTSA. The I-35 rivalry, Mm -hmm. which UTSA won, as we mentioned a couple of times, 51-48 in an overtime scenario earlier this season. Texas State hanging with 16th-ranked SMU, three to Boston College, and by three to the rivals. This team is capable, Jerem. They're capable. Okay, number five, head coach uh, Jake uh, Spavadal. Is that how you say Spavadal? Is the second youngest coach in FBS. Which brings us to a sobering stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. We are both older than Coach. He's 35. We're not. We're not 35. That's never happened. In that the hasn't country. happened. That hasn't happened. It's and you know what is happening? We're getting. Hey, we're still all in our 30s though. Hanging on. I look like I'm 26. So. Hang, hanging on. <laughs> People are like, did you graduate recently? I'm like, yes. He's been around for a while too in the uh, the ranks of coaching. Oh, he's yeah. So he was the OC and quarterback coach at Texas A&M under Kevin Sumlin. Johnny Manziel, Kyler Murray was there before he transferred to Oklahoma. He was the OC at Cal with Sonny Dykes, uh, Dana Holgerson at West Virginia. Interestingly, BYU has defeated Sumlin, Dykes, and Holgerson at 2018, 14, and the last game respectively at Arizona, Cal, and Houston. So the influence is there. BYU's had success against teams with that kind of offense. We've been talking a lot about the BYU offense. Understandably so. They have been dominant. But how about a shout-out to the BYU defense? Oh, yeah. Who ranks eighth in the country in scoring defense, giving up only 14 points a game. Interesting. Yeah, BYU's been so good on defense. We're talking a lot about Zach, a lot about Dax, right? But the defense has been really, really good. Hey, score 40, give up 14. BYU wins 40-14. to I'd take it right now. All good. Coming up, maybe that'll show up in prop picks. How many ranked teams are going to lose on Saturday? Specifically, ranked teams above BYU. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. 
BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Apparently this just happened. Like, bowl season was just officially named bowl, bowl season. season. Yes. What? There, there is an Who, official statement. This, this is not a joke. An official statement from college bowls. Okay. It's a bowl season announced as new name of college football's postseason. So college football's postseason is called bowl season. We would like to also announce that from 10 to 11 Mountain Time on BYU TV and BYU Radio, it's officially called BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> season. Got to make things official. <laughs> politics, wow. man. Presented by BYU Store Official Outfitter. Hey, fans politics. Yeah. Let's get to our prop picks for Texas State. Let's go. Going into the weekend, Jason Shepard still with a one-point lead on Jerem, 17-16. to 16. I am in third, but only two points behind the leader, Jason, with 15. I just want to be in the top three when all said and done. Number one. All right, here we go. Number one. Which BYU Cougar will be the first to score points on Saturday? Okay, Jason says Dax Milne. I say Tyler Algier. I'm going with Zach Wilson. Who? I think BYU in the red They'll zone. Run it in. Yeah. So if he passes it in, that doesn't count. It's got to be the receiver that would get oh, it right. It doesn't count if he throws it. I was like, that's not going to count, right? Yeah, that's not going to count. I think Zach Wilson will run it in. Now it's going to be a kickoff return, Caleb Christensen. <laughs> Number two. All right. BYU will have over under 353 passing yards. That's the average right now. Under. It's aggressive to go over. Okay, 353 average per game is the highest since 1993 for BYU. Thank you, Cougar Stats. That's gnarly, dude. Under. I don't think Zach Wilson's going to be in the game long enough to throw for 353. Or any quarterbacks are going to be throwing for 353. Baylor Romney has not appeared in the last two games. If it's close, then... Maybe. Then maybe? Yeah, maybe. Meaning meaning 353, not Baylor. I'm hoping the BYU doesn't need to pass for over 353. But yeah, let's hope they don't have to. Or maybe they just do it. They're like, you know what? Zach Verizon, let's go. Chuck it. 60 times. Let's go. Next. Texas State will score over under 14 points. Okay. BYU's giving up. 14 14 a game. As you said. Under. Nope. Just kidding. I go over. Oh. I was like, oh, okay. Over because they'll get a late one. Yeah, I'm going with over. Texas State is capable enough, and if it's not a deluge and pouring down, they're not going to lose by 20 like they did Detroit. They still scored 17 in that game. Over. Jason went, surprisingly, under. Always the contrarian, said no one. Number four. Oh, he is leading. Maybe there's something to that. Number four. Will Will the BYU defense score on Saturday? No. This is too aggressive. This means they will. I see what you're trying to do here, they, Ben. They will now trying score. Trying to bait us into taking something aggressive so that we can get back in the game. But in reality, like, it doesn't happen, and then you just trail by more. Just put it on a silver platter I'm for calling you. it now. I'm calling it now. They will score, but it will come back for a penalty. So it won't count. <laughs> you get three points if that happens. <laughs> but I'm saying no. I'm saying no. I'm saying no. If that happens, I just get three points. Extra points. But I'm not saying they will because that's officially no. Oh, All right. Man. Okay, three no's. All right, last one. How many teams ranked above BYU will lose on Saturday? This is a good question. I think one, I think, will be mostly chalk. I am going with two. This college football season has already been very weird, and we're seeing upsets all over the board week in and week out. There are enough teams playing capable foes that are ranked higher than BYU that we're going to see some upsets. Two two teams ranked above BYU will lose on Saturday. Yeah. Okay. 
Our question of the day, what does BYU need to do to, against Texas State to maintain or increase their AP ranking? In response, our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at CL underscore living. Don't keep the voters up late on a Saturday night. Put them to bed early. Ooh, nice. I like that. Yeah. T- okay. tuck, tuck them in with the big lead at halftime. Okay, today's Rise Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU fan and his family, Seth McEwen, quoted uh, on Twitter. Surprise the kids after today. Today... Uh, with after school with a trip to CBA football this Saturday, we're going to have so much fun. We'll need plastic surgery to get the smiles off our faces. Omaha to Provo. Here we go. Watch this. Go? Ice skating. Uh, Utah. Okay. Ice skating. Ice skating. Oh, oh my gosh. What? You guys want to go to the game Saturday night? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's do it. What? You're liars. What game? What game? The BYU game, buddy. Well, what game? I want to go, but I know we're not because we would have packed. Hey, look behind you in the trunk. What? Tell them what's back there. Wait. Some boxes. Okay. <laughs> Our coats. Our suitcases. <laughs> We're going to go to Grandma and Grandpa's, guys, and then we're going to go to the game. That is sheer joy. Awesome. Almost everyone has a Grandma and Grandpa that lives in Orem, by the way. So I'm, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing it's in Orem. That's very sheer fun. joy. Omaha to Provo. That's pretty cool. Well done, Seth McCune family. Parents of the Year nominee for BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, and, and Seth's uh, Twitter background is is nebraska right so they embrace the corn because they're locally but listen that's the hardest with brigham all these people so, are tweeting and saying i know that family and they are amazing parents yeah that's that's very cool so the four kids the one cre- kid's like ice cream it's like that's the top for him right but the other kid in his byu gear he's ready to rock so safe travels hopefully you're seeing this on the road we'll see you in the stadium pretty cool wow our thanks to today's guest, Greg Rubel, and BYU offensive lineman Chandon Herring. And the McCune fan. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, we ran out of time. Perhaps one day we will bring you on this program. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Austin Brazier. We'll see you on Countdown to Kickoff tomorrow night, 9 Eastern. Go Cougs. How about those hands? Nice hands, Larry. <laughs> A Dax moment right there. Wow.